Hey guys, welcome to the very first episode of The Local Drip. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm really excited to have you here today. Whether you're watching or listening, it's gonna be a great show. We've got an awesome guest. Her name is Morgan Forsey. She's a photographer, a writer, a creative genius, a marketing specialist. We get into the nitty gritty of her book, her photography experiences, and where she's headed to next. I do have to apologize though, we had some technical difficulties. The audio cut out, but luckily we had a backup, and our cameras were just plain acting funky. So we did the best to piece it together. That's kind of what happens when you just go for it and you figure it out along the way. Nonetheless, it was a great show and I appreciate you guys tuning in. Today's episode is sponsored by Superlux Studios, the go-to for all things creative, whether it's photos, videos, podcasts, audio, doesn't matter. If you got a dream, they'll help you make it happen. All right, guys, so without further ado, let's drop on in to the local drip. Everyone kind of wants to know about the photography and you do have a book coming out, right? I do. I don't know when I'm going to release it. I don't okay. know when it's going to be done because I really just started started about a year and a half ago. So I guess whenever my life gets super boring is when I'm going to stop writing. <laughs> and it, it's kind of getting there because now that I'm no longer single, I don't really have like a whole lot of adventures <laughs> anymore under my belt. But um, I think we met through Brandon, right? Uh, well, I think we were going to the same gym. Yes. And then it just started off, I was really into photography at the time, and I still am, but um, we were just kind of looking for people to collaborate with. Right. And then the first person we collaborated with was Cheyenne, or was it Alexia? It was Alexia. Okay. And then we teamed up with um, Cheyenne, Cheyenne and, Morgan. and Morgan. I always want to say Jimi Hendrix, because that's her, <laughs> that's her Instagram, name on Instagram. She's awesome. Like, I wish we could collab with them, too. If I had, like, the energy and the time to, like, do that again, I would... They would be really good for a video. They would. For sure. Especially her. She's so, like, flexible, and she's, like, she's like an acrobat. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, she's got the dancing background, so it fits, and it's really perfect. Right, exactly. But I want to know, can you tell me anything about the book? Like, okay, what so... it's actually about? Um, I'm pretty sure I'm on page 30, and it kind of starts out with, like, my childhood, and kind of just, like, my parents splitting up and all that, and then it goes into my last relationship that was four years, and he broke up with me, and so after that, it kind of just goes into, like, everything that happened, and how I was finding myself, and all the mistakes that I made to, like, lead me to who I am today. Um, so it talks about like platonic relationships, sexual relationships, romantic relationships, like in the past year and a half. And a lot of the chapters kind of go into detail. So that's why I'm trying to figure out if I want to like release it or not, but I have um, protected most people's names. Okay. <laughs> um, at least like the sexual relationship part yeah. of it. But, um, and it's like, it's pretty real. Like some of them are kind of like diary entries. So like I'll write it like a book and then I'll go into like on this time, on this day and write kind of like an entry about like whatever happened before. Um, but for the past five months or so, it's been just kind of about my boyfriend and I. And so it kind of like trails off then, but uh, we'll see if anything gets a little more exciting. I mean, like you could, couldn't you release it under a pen name? Like a different I could. name, and then you could be totally free to like just be anonymous. Well, yeah. Or, I mean, I, essentially anonymous. You're writing it under a different name. Right. And I, I thought about that too, but then I also thought about the amount of detail in it. 
if one of those people were to read it, they would know that it's me. Mm. Absolutely, even though it's a totally different name. But like the people who do you wrong, they know that they did you wrong. So they, <laughs> they know exactly what it's about. Yeah. Well, and if they did you wrong, and if you're calling them out for something, right. at least know, I'm not you even like talking about their, their name, right? Right. You I'm don't want to nice ruin their person. lives, but. <laughs> and I want them to know that I didn't forget. <laughs> so. What's that creative process been like? I mean. With the book. Yeah, I, I've always heard people say like, "Oh, I'd love to write a book," and I maybe someday I would like to, but that just seems that to me that seems more daunting than like start trying to do a new video or um, take a new photo. To write a book about my life seems more scary than that. It was kind of scary at first. I actually um, started just writing in a journal, like with a pen, mm -hmm. and eventually I was like, I should write a book. I should turn this into like a life story. And so I started typing on my computer and I kind of just like stopped actually like physically writing anything and I'm like okay I'll just kind of go along and whenever something happens I'll refer back to my book and I'll jot down every single memory that I have like in real time. And so when I go back to like the beginning of my book in the middle I can kind of see like exactly when I wrote this it'll have like timestamps, which is really cool because I'm like wow I wrote this a year and a half ago this is how I felt a year and a half ago. Um, and it's pretty cool. I, I like it, but it's sometimes when I'm feeling a little upset about something but I want to document it in my book, I have to wait a while because sometimes I just don't feel up to actually writing anything. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like a battle I want to like work through with myself is being able to write at any time because I feel like the moment that it happens is the best time to write about it. Yeah, but... It's kind of like, <laughs> to me, this is what it sounds like, is gr going grocery shopping when you're hungry. Yes. Like, you don't want exactly to go overboard is. with it, and you kind of want to take some time to look at your emotions and make sure you're right telling the story. Yeah, exactly. The best you can. Right, exactly. Um, I mean, there have been times where I was literally, like, bawling my eyes out writing it. And I'm like, this is as real as it gets. Like, writing it right now, like, it sucks. But there have been times when I've been, like, super upset. Or I've been, like, super happy and I've been writing about it. Like, I've been just getting my computer. I'm like, I need to write this down. And, like, going back and, like, reading it is, like, it's just so cool because it's, like, it's really, like, a roller coaster full of emotions, but it's worth it. Do you um, feel like, because to me another thing, too, would be I feel like I wouldn't have to say, I wouldn't have enough to say to make it, like, a full-length book. Right. Like, I feel like, oh, I'd fill up four pages and what am I going to do, publish a four-page book? Do that, you feel the struggle to try and reach, like, a certain page number or does that not even matter at this point? Um, for a while there, um, it was really just like a collection of memories in my head that I kind of wrote all at one time and that ended up being about 10, 15 pages or so. And then after that, it started to be in real time. Um, so after that, it was a little bit more difficult, um, to actually get like content on paper. Um, and sometimes I just like look and I'm like, I struggle on what to write. Like I know how I'm feeling, but I don't know how to write it out. So as of right now, I'm struggling a little bit with it because I'll go back to my book and it'll be like March of 2018. I'm like, wow, I haven't written something in so long. I need to like get on this. So it's almost like a, a diary just with a little more description or something you'd be willing to publish. Right, yeah. And I want to, um, definitely. I also, with everybody in that book, I've kind of made peace with. So I'm not sure if that would kind of make everything worse, but... Well, so, well, it's kind of been a healing process then to write it 
Yeah. To write these out. And but then, then publishing it might... <laughs> I mean, take that, chances, yeah. right? Yeah. It's not... Like like you said, I'm not calling anybody out with their real names, so... I mean, the only people that have their real names in the book are, like, best friends of mine or former best friends that maybe I'll change, but mm -hmm. it's always been, like, really good memories with them, so it's not something that they wouldn't want out there. Um, but, but going back and looking at what I've written previously, it's kind of like it kind of cuts the wound back up because mm. <laughs> it's like looking like wow I was like really kind of like depressed at this time and then I got happier and then like it kind of went downhill again so it's like emotional to read read at it again yeah but it's it's a fun process it's like really rewarding and one day like I hope to have 100 pages and have enough to actually do something with how it. far off do you think that one day is I mean do you think that's by the end of next year, or do you want to continue this for 10 years when people have long since moved on and maybe don't remember those stories and you feel a little safer to, to publish it? Um, I, well, I want to say first, I don't regret anything that happened in that book and I'm not ashamed. Um, it's really just a matter of like getting up the courage to be like, this is who I am, this is what has happened in my life to like make me who I am. So I want to do it, but I, I hope that the book ends at a point where I'm happy with my life and everything is great and this is exactly where I want to be and it kind of just trails off. Mm -hmm. I, I would hope to not have all these like crazy experiences like continuing throughout my entire life. I would want to, I want it to end as a happy point. Like me getting married someday and not having a kid but maybe having another puppy, <laughs> you know what I mean? Since I don't want kids but. So you're almost leaving it on like a, a cliffhanger for a possible second right book exactly like, yes it ended happy now here's this new chapter so to speak right and i don't see myself getting like super crazy content unless i were to be like single again but honestly i don't want that <laughs> i love my boyfriend very much so i can sacrifice some content to to be with him i'm sure you'd be happy to hear that right <laughs> i hope he's not listening right now <laughs> i'll just edit that part out yeah let's do that <laughs> do you miss uh photography at all um, I do because I made a lot of connections, like I've made a lot of really good friends, like I've, I've met you, you know, mm -hmm. Cheyenne, everybody, I, I feel like girls in the modeling industry are some of the best people I've ever met, there's a lot of stigma behind, like, modeling and everything, and people tend to think that, like, female models are very stuck up and full of themselves, but it's not my experience at all, they just, they have a lot to them. Like, they've been through a lot most mm -hmm. of the time, and you can have really deep conversations with them, which is nice. It's not like talking to a brick wall, Yeah, that makes sense. They actually, they have something to talk about, which is awesome. Um, so I, I'm thankful for all the relationships that I've, I've made. And you've been on both sides of it. Yeah. You've been a photographer and a model. And that was kind of um, something I actually originally did for my book. I wanted to, like, and for myself, too. I just wanted to see kind of what it was like hearing all of the like controversy surrounding like sexual harassment and stuff like that. I wanted to see what it was like on the other side to see if that stuff, I didn't want that stuff to happen to me, but I just wanted to see how photographers acted towards me as a model. Mm -hmm. And I definitely, after a while I realized that it's, it's pretty fucked up. Um, but it's a shame that a lot of male photographers get that stereotype because there's a, there's a few there's a few people like that. Not everybody is like that. Yeah, so. and it's a shame. I I definitely agree. I mean, I think that 
when you and I were shooting together, from a photography standpoint, I think everyone just felt so much more comfortable when there was both a male and a female photographer. Right. Especially from my point of view, starting out back then, you know, for me to reach out to these models right. it's with hard. no portfolio, it seems really weird. But right. when you have someone as awesome as you to be like, hey, like, if you want to come shoot with me on this, then like, we can totally do it and really help build that portfolio. Right. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a shame that there's a handful of guys and girls, I mean, like, I doubt it, but I'm sure there's female photographers out there that probably do stuff too, like, yeah. who knows, but I'm sure it's, there are. It, guaranteed it's majority of the, the guys out there that are just in it for the wrong reasons right. and have to ruin it for everybody. And that's unfortunate. And I think that luckily, I feel like models are very trusting, so it's good and bad in a way, um, but they kind of just like... Well, you would say they're used to it, but then you would, you hate the fact that they would, that, that you to have it. to say that you're used yeah. to it. Like that's horrible. You're you should used to like having people like harass you. Yeah. Like that's it's so sad to me to hear that, but I mean that's just the world we live in, unfortunately. And but I'm thankful for the experience that I've had to kind of like be on both sides. And now I kind of if I could go back, I would rather just do photography instead mm -hmm. of modeling, um, just because it's it's a lot less drama. But I also didn't want to feel like I was part of the problem. Mm. And I hate to say that as well because just, I could easily just not engage with those people. But part of me felt like I was supporting that mm. and I didn't want to be that person. And it sucks that everything has to be that way, but that's how I felt at the time. Yeah. That's tough. That's, especially in an industry that, well, especially doing something that you love in an right. industry that you love. And being on both sides, you really get a feel for it. And I'm sure it helped to going into your sh your future shoots after that, knowing what it's like on the other side. Right. And and I've always heard that that's the best piece of advice to give to whether you're shooting video or photo, get yourself on the other side of the lens. And you then you really kind of understand like that there's a difference between directing and giving tips and like posing right. and what to say, what not to say and how to act. Um, it can easily be taken the wrong way, exactly. especially in this industry, and especially with with what you're shooting. Right. Like, if you're shooting just fashion and, like, shoes and stuff like that, it's not likely that something bad could happen as far as, like, a sexual case. Right, but exactly. But if you're shooting someone, like, doing nude shoots or something like that, then... You're yeah, in a I compromising like, position. I feel like you really have to tiptoe. Especially from a male photographer standpoint. You do. And I've like made it a priority to kind of like watch how male photographers directed me when I was doing nude shoots. I would, a lot of them would put like my, their hands on my hips and move me and that necessarily didn't, to me that didn't mean they were trying something and ma maybe they just didn't realize it but who Ooh. knows. I did, I wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt but there were definitely a few male photographers that kind of like creeped me out a little bit. Um, but did I they just, ask you before you did, they did that um, or did they just like, they just, they just kind of moved me and like, I guess I also like, I'm kind of mad at myself for not saying something and be like, Hey, you should ask me first. Um, but I'm one of those people that it doesn't really, that stuff doesn't really bother me, but I know that it should. So I should have said something for the sake of other girls yeah. who they may have done that to and they would have been uncomfortable. Um, but luckily, I think you have that advantage because you are married and she 
carrying your baby, so people yeah. are more inclined to feel safer with you. Well, I think it definitely helps. Like when I, you know, a lot of networking nowadays goes down on Instagram, like right. through direct messaging or through comments or whatever. Um, anytime I'm reaching out to someone to put together a collab or just anything like that, I always reach out through my personal page mm -hmm. first. Like I don't reach out through So they my... can see kind of like what yeah. you're all about. Yeah, because you know that's, every, you know everyone stocks who yeah. just who Oh, I do it all the time, yeah. every time. So I always reach out with my Cam Wilsey page versus my Superlux page because uh, like, you know, I'll say, hey, um, you know, I'm the owner of, of Superlux and I'll tag it so they can see both pages, right. but they also see who's reaching out. It's not right. like just this blank picture or, you know, this blank profile with, you know, different shoots and videos on there. Right. Um, so it's like it's good to have a portfolio and I think a personal profile to be like, hey, I'm a real person. I'm also you want to know what that person's about. Not it a isn't and yeah, exactly. Like their work is important also. But I, when I was working with people, I always wanted to know about them, what they liked, what they were about, mm -hmm. what they like to do in their free time, and I really like the way that you direct people during like shoots because you never touch people ever. You Thank keep you. just <laughs> you don't. I've never yeah. seen you do that and. You know how to direct people with your words and from a distance, which is a very respectful way to do it. And I think a lot of male photographers don't know how to do that. Um, mostly, I think it's sadly become a trend for, like, I guess there were a lot of artistic nude shoots that were going around and it, like, looked really pretty and, like, it looked like there was meaning to it. And now, kind of, like, all I see is just, like, big booties. It's every, you know what line. I mean? Like, yeah. it's, like, 90s rap music videos. I think there's a very fine line and it's it's so easy to cross it, it between is. when it comes to um, boudoir or like nude or anything like that there's a very fine line between uh, scandalous and not really art anymore. Right. I mean like it, I hate saying that because anyone like art can be anything right but as for for the sake of sort of like the general public I think there's a very fine line between art and you know something scandalous like right. That. And I think most of it has just become like whatever their audience feels is visually appealing to the eye, which obviously is going to be tits and ass. Like exactly. that's just how it is. It's 2018. That's what everybody wants to see, unfortunately. But yeah, well, I think everyone's always wanted to see that. Well, of course. <laughs> but no I totally what. agree. I mean, with with I mean, if you just look at bikinis nowadays, like there's nothing. Sex there. sells. That's it. Does that's it? it does. You know what I mean? And some people have learned to do it tastefully and others not so much, but the the sucky part for a lot of people out there is like they're losing attention to those those profiles. Exactly. Which is sad because some people like they create such meaningful work mm -hmm. and then you have like these other people doing it the wrong way and it just it's sad, you know? Yeah. How did you find that balance? Because this kind of got me thinking about it. The balance between running a business, because you actually were one of the few people who took it seriously and weren't just out doing free shoots all the time. Right. How do you find that balance between running a business and also doing collaborative work to, I enjoy. to have for content? Because I mean, like, sometimes you you need stuff to post and you need to do test shoots with models and- What people like to see. Yeah, like how'd you do that? How'd you find that balance? It was really hard, because when I started, I was 16 and I just started out, um, when I was 16, it wasn't, there were not a lot of people doing stuff like how they do now. Mm -hmm. And nobody really did free shoots. It was all about making money for the stuff you were creating. And so I did a lot of family shoots and couples and weddings. And they were really like, they were draining because I was just, 
so exhausted and there were still people like families who wanted stuff for a discount or wanted it for free but for the most part everybody understood that this was your business this was your job you have to make money and it's a train this is not something you need it's a luxury nope. so if you can't afford it then wait and save up or but as far as like the mob as far as like the Instagram stuff goes right um, the models that always want hey like let's collaborate let's do a, a shoot for free or something like that and and to be honest, I think that totally makes sense, and I think it's smart. Right. Um, but at some point, you can't do, do that all the time. time. Yeah. Um, I actually was super late to the whole like Instagram model bandwagon because I had been doing all of the like paid family and wedding work, and so eventually I just kind of got tired of it, and then I went to kind of like shooting portraits, and I wanted to learn more about that stuff. And then I quickly realized there wasn't like a whole lot of money in it because the market was just so saturated. But I still wanted to enjoy what I was doing. And so I'm like, if I could just get really good at this and then maybe one day I can make money at it again. Because mm -hmm. I was just kind of like really, I was just tired doing the lifestyle stuff. It just didn't fuel me anymore. Mm -hmm. So it, I don't know if I ever really did find a balance. Um, for a while I did kind of like a model rate where I would charge them like $100. And I would give them a few pictures and they would put my name on their account and it kind of just worked out. Like their friends wanted pictures and some of them wanted to pay, some of them didn't. And I kind of like, I felt like I didn't value myself for a while because I did a lot of free shoots. And I actually, I just thought that was the norm. I was like, everybody's doing free shoots. And then I realized nobody's getting like rewarded for their artwork. But for a while it worked out because you were starting to really build a following on Instagram and a portfolio. Right. Um, and I think you got to a point where people were reaching out to you a lot more than you reaching out to them. Right. And that did happen, um, but I realized it was a lot of people who, I don't like using this word in the industry, but I'm going to. I felt like a lot of people were very entitled. Mm. Um, models and photographers. Um, but as a photographer at the time, I felt like a lot of girls were reaching out to me and acting like they wanted to be my friend and then just wanted like a free shoot. And so in my head, when people were reaching out to me, I'm like, wow, like I've really grown. Like maybe people like really think my work is good. Maybe I've really improved. And then it kind of was just like, these people just want free shoots. Yeah. And I always, as a model after that, I've always at least like offered to pay photographers. And even when they decline it, I'm like, I feel like really bad. You're so good at this. Well, Why are you not charging for yeah, it? Yeah, and you know the amount of work that goes into I do. It's the post-production side of it. It's really more than like the actual like shooting itself, but like all the editing and the mm -hmm. advertising, all the hours that go into it is really crazy. And I think I was having this talk with someone the other day. Like people forget that there's a lot of work that has happened way before they even reach out to you. As far as like. You had to buy all the gear. You had to learn how to use it. Right. You then had to download the software to edit the stuff and learn how to use that. Right. I mean, there is hours and hours Sleepless of, nights. of just even getting in the door and learning how to do stuff. Right. And, you know, and I don't want that to discourage people from getting into this industry, the photo or video or any industry for that matter. Um, I think it's important to just get started with what you got. Right. But it but, is a tough industry. Yeah, but I think people is. need to understand how much work actually does go into it besides just having a camera and taking clicking, pictures. Yeah, yeah, clicking the shutter. It's so much more than that. Mm -hmm. And one really big thing is like thinking of what you want to create, how it's going to make sense, how people are going to relate to it was mm -hmm. like the biggest thing for me. When I started um, shooting nude photographs of other people, I 
try to find a way, like, is this going to, like, resonate with people? Is, mm-hmm. is it going to, like, is there a story behind it, or is it just going to be for the, for people to look at? And I didn't want to, like, take those pictures that people were just kind of get off to. Like, I wanted it to be, yeah. like, a little no, more I than that. No, I what you're saying, yeah. Um, I didn't want to be that. And I also felt like, as a female, I kind of made other females feel more empowered and safer when I was doing these shoots with them. 100%. Because I felt like there were not a lot of females in that particular industry. And so I'm like, maybe I can make a difference. Maybe I can kind of restore their faith in mm-hmm. humanity, um, being a female, and them having more trust in me, which is unfortunate, because like I said, not all male photographers think that way, or they're not, not their intention, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, but I, I think it helped a little bit, I had a lot of um, models who were like, I've never had like a female ask me to shoot before, like this makes me feel so much more comfortable, and it was like pretty fucked up to hear those things. And it's, it's sad, and there's a lot of really talented people out there who probably don't get the attention they deserve because people like, and I'm not talking about just female models, just models shun them out generally because they're just worried it's a stereotype. And especially if you go to look at their profile and it's nothing but, you know, bikinis and and new girls and shots like that. Right. Just keep in mind that like not everybody is who they appear to be on Instagram and like, I have noticed it's mainly with a lot of really popular male photographers. I'm not gonna name anyone because I'm not that kind of girl. But, but they use their power, like their, so you know, supposed yeah. insta fame. And I'll talk about my experience in California. I won't name any names. I'm sure many people who are listening to this probably know exactly who I'm talking about. But when you go into somebody's like Los Angeles, like high-rise, beautiful house and you walk in their door and they're like, let's go get some tequila and baby oil for your photo shoot. Probably not the smartest idea to go through with it, but yeah. that should have been a big red flag. And then like, of course he handed me like four shots of tequila. Being my size, that will get you fucked up pretty quickly. Yeah, and for the people like, maybe who don't know right. how tall you are. Yeah, exactly, I'm 4'10", yeah. so, <laughs> so it hits me pretty quickly. Um, but basically there was no shooting at all. I mean, there was, but it was, like, the same angle for probably, like, an hour and a half. And, um, you know, I don't want to, like, talk about anyone else's experiences. But I've heard a lot of things happen with, like, this specific guy. And we later found out that he has a girlfriend. And I don't think she knew about any of it. And she's in the public eye as well. So it's really a shame like he never um this was back in november and i still have yet to receive the pictures not sure where they went no way and um i remember seeing actually on his camera a video of a girl she probably wasn't completely sober but after that like i was kind of done that was like my last straw i was like i'm done with this industry yeah so I don't blame it's you. unfortunate but and then so from there you kind of left it behind yeah you even switched, did a career change, and are, yeah. you're doing marketing now and I some am. stuff like that? I'm um, in the dental industry, so I'm a patient coordinator, and I do the social media marketing for the business. So I've always wanted to do something in marketing, and I'm like trying to start my own marketing firm, but I wanted to get a little more experience and kind of build a portfolio with that as well before mm-hmm. I started kind of full-time. But I always wanted to get my foot in the door 
to get a little experience. Um, I went to school briefly, but I ended up dropping out like right before I started writing my book. And I was going to go for marketing. So I'm kind of just trying to like make it on my own. And I'm totally not a college person. It just wasn't for me. Neither am I. <laughs> so I'm more of a creative person. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of creative people don't necessarily need to go to college. But it's all up to the individual person. Yeah. You know? and, and I love learning. Like I, I'm on learning your own. new things. And not even necessarily on my own. It's just the idea. Like looking back, I think I would have loved college if you didn't have to start out in such like a strict schedule right and you had to do the, like specific classes right away um you a little breathing room yeah i just i think i do think college is a great thing for people for some people but not definitely not for everyone right and especially if you're going into certain industries i think you're way better off jumping straight into it right and giving your all and i think you'll learn a lot more than going to college it's all about networking it's the people you know it's so much more important than just this degree we so. still have so much to learn yeah and, about life <laughs> yeah and that's why i try and surround myself with people who are just more knowledgeable have more Motivated. wisdom and it, it really doesn't even matter if they're older or younger because i think you can learn a lot from everybody of yeah. all ages i've learned things from like 12 year old mm -hmm. like honestly some of the, some of the craziest stuff you can ever like hear is from a five-year-old mm -hmm. they will tell you the truth and they're, yeah, and, and that's the nice thing, like, if you surround yourself with people who tell the truth, but are positive, like, throughout everything, right. um, just, I, like, I don't have time for negative people right. in my life. It's just a roadblock. It is. And it just, it brings you down with them, and you just, you don't want to be around it. Mm -hmm. So, I unfortunately had to cut a few friends out of my life, because I had one friend, you know who you are. <laughs> I had one friend who basically Savage. completely <laughs> cut me off because she was upset that I had a boyfriend, I was living with him, and I got a puppy, and so she was upset that I wasn't going out and partying with her every night, and she's she's really young, she's still in college, so, like, it's okay. We can totally, we could have been friends, we mm -hmm. just had to find something that we could do together, you know, go to dinner or whatever, but fortunately, she just wanted to cut all ties and I'm like that's fine I don't I can make room for people who actually want to support me and be happy for me 100% you know and 100%. there's a lot of shitty people in this world but there's also a heck of a lot of good people so. I once heard that you know there's really only and I, I think it was like Jim Rohn I don't know if you know who that is but a big personal development guy right um but I think oh, there's this thing that he said I think it was him but uh there's really only seven or eight, like, really nasty people in this world. They just move around a lot, and you just, like, see them. You keep running into them. Yeah, you just keep running into them. But there's really only seven or eight, and once you get hit, like, you know, three or four, you're like, okay, there's only a couple more of you. Like, I can handle it. Like, right. Yeah, there's not that many of you. <laughs> and it's, like, amazing when you move up in life. Like, I don't want to be that person who's bragging about all that stuff, but when you really start to get your life together, it's amazing who will stick with you and who mm -hmm. won't. I started out with... Three really good best friends, or so I thought at the time. So one of them was the girl I was talking about. Mm -hmm. Another, another, another one of them was a guy friend who also was just cutting ties with me for that reason. And I had one best friend who stayed with me, Malia. You're awesome, <laughs> and she's just like the sweetest. She's my best friend in the whole world. And there's always going to be like for every bad person, there's a lot of good people. Absolutely. So, so what do you think's next for you? Just while well, we're we're gonna kind of wrap this thing up. So what do you think's next in the life of, of Morgan? I want to start another business. Okay. 
a successful one, one that doesn't involve sexual harassment. <laughs> so you gotta set the stage. You gotta yes. come up and, and be the, the female, the boss lady. Right, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try my best. So hopefully the marketing firm will work out and we'll see where it'll go from there. Well, you got my support as Thank always, you. and you're always welcome back on this podcast. Awesome, thanks.